0: From the American School Counselor Association, this is I Hear You Say, a podcast for school counselors and other leaders in education. I'm Jen Walsh, Director of Education and Training here at ASCA. ASCA's School Counselor of the Year Award honors professionals who devote their careers to advocating for the nation's students and addressing their academic and social-emotional development and college and career readiness needs. Today, we sit down with one of the 2023 School Counselor of the Year finalists, Keisha Larry Burns. Keisha is a school counselor at Shadow Hills Engineering and Design Magnet Academy, a recognized ASCA model program school serving 899 students, grades 6 through 8, 100% of whom are on the free and reduced price meals program. Keisha has been a school counselor since 2015 and was a social studies teacher for 13 years prior to becoming a school counselor. Welcome Keisha and congratulations! Thank
1: you so much. It's so great to be here this morning. I'm so excited for this process and what the year has to, to hold.
0: Well, we are so happy to have you today. So I hear that you're a solo school counselor to, as I mentioned, almost 900 students. That is a huge caseload of students when the recommendation or the recommended ratio is 250 to one. How do you manage being a solo school counselor to so many students and not just manage, but thrive earning the recognized Ask a Model program award? What are the keys to your success? Well,
1: yes, we do have about 870 um, students here that I work with on a regular basis. I mean, as you can imagine, it has its challenges. But at the same time, in order to be able to manage everything and, as you put it, to be successful, (laughs) there's just collaboration is the key for me. I never do anything in isolation. I have a great school psychologist, great team here that also assists me just making sure that I build those relationships with my administrators, with the teachers and parents. And of course, our students it is extremely important to be able to navigate those numbers. Just the teachers allowing me to come into their classrooms and just being visible is important as well with the huge caseload, uh, making sure that the students know who I am. So going into the classrooms and doing my lessons, uh, being present during lunch period and passing period, and just having an open door policy um, so students are comfortable and again, able to build that rapport because of that. And the other thing that I would say is just creating a game plan. Time management, organization is a huge piece when dealing with such huge numbers.
0: Yeah, so you talked a little bit about time management, organization, and a game plan. So being a ramp school, I'm sure that a lot of that, the process of becoming a ramp school involved all of those things, right? I'd love to hear your top three tips for school counselors who are interested in earning a RAMP designation.
1: I think first, patience. Again, it it's a lot of work, but just have patience in the process. Another thing that was big for me was signing up for ASCA's monthly RAMP updates. That was huge. Um, So every month, ASCA puts out different updates and recommendations on what you should be working on at that time just to keep you on track when it's time uh, to upload the document for RAMP. And then I think the third tip I would give for school counselors that are interested is to just go for it. I mean, we're already doing the work. Just go for it. It's a great honor, but at the same time, as I always say, I know we don't go into being a school counselor for their recognition, but If it's something that you want to do or that you're interested in attaining, just go for
0: it. Back to being a solo school counselor, you mentioned the importance of collaboration. Can you talk about what collaboration means to you, who you most frequently collaborate with, and really like practical tips for ways to collaborate in the building? Yeah, of course.
1: So first and foremost, the school psychologist, I think is my, my best friend (laughs) on campus. She's my go-to. She kind of understands some of the concerns that might arise and we can bounce ideas off of each other. Collaboration, though, is important as well. So I said with our administrators. Um, so that goes back to the very beginning of every school year, you know, as Aska proposes, having that conversation with your administration and going over your goals and see what their goals are and you know see where you can meet in the middle. But definitely, it's also a way for you to highlight your program. Um, the other thing that I also do is making sure that I have time during a staff meeting. So if needed, you know, again, having that rapport with admin, asking if I can have a few minutes on the floor during a staff meeting and just having conversation with the teachers um, regarding things that might arise that we might see um, that might come up. For example, during the great shakeout, just a reminding teachers and staff members, you know, that we have students here that are on the spectrum and uh, making sure that those students are aware that this is just a drill. Going over the, you know, mandated reporting and things like that. The other people in the building that I collaborate with a lot is our classified staff, our campus supervisors, campus security, our attendance clerk, all of Um, play such a huge role on campus I always say they're the unsung heroes but they're especially our campus supervisors and their security they're around the kids more than the adults and they hear a lot they know what students might be going through different things um same thing with our attendance clerk you know she is seeing patterns um Before I do, she will always come in and we'll have a conversation on how to address uh, the needs of a student or how to get resources for a parent that might need additional help with getting their student to school. So all around, it's just in making yourself visible, not only to the kids, but to the staff so that everyone on board understands You know, your role and how you can
0: support them
1: and what they do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you talked about making sure that people know what the role of the school counselor is. And I hear that you've done a lot of that advocacy work for the school counseling profession, both at the school building and at the district level. Yeah. So here at the school site, again, just being visible. Um, as I
1: said before, just making sure that everyone on campus is aware of what I do as a school counselor and what my role is as a school counselor. You know, whether it's academics or talking to students about their attendance or talking to students about their behavior or social emotional needs. But again, making that known um, to everyone on campus. And that was important. And that's the huge, a huge piece in creating a comprehensive school counseling program is again, making sure that you have that foundation that ASCA provides a great guideline for that. And so I highly suggest for those again, that are not following the ASCA national model, give it a try. It works. That's for sure. Especially as a solo counselor, it works really well. Just, Again, collaborating with the teachers, with the staff, but outside of the building, making sure that people in the district are also aware of what we do as school counselors. So I keep saying I am a solo counselor, but I do have colleagues around the district. And so the other school counselors and I meet at least once a month. And we also collaborate if need be, pick up the phone, hey, I have a question. But working with the other Um, school counselors is huge but as I said making sure that everybody else knows what we do so whether that's going to board meetings and making sure that especially during national school counselor week you know going and having um, presentations we do to the school board Um, make sure we're on the calendar every month or excuse me every year for that other things that I participate in during the around the district include like our LCAP meetings or our, call it our local control and accountability plan for those that aren't familiar with all the acronyms in education. But that's how the district determines where the funding is needed, especially for underrepresented students. And so going and being able to advocate for my role or our role as school counselors is important, uh, especially there. And then also just making sure. We know that data is always important. So creating um, an evaluation tool was one of the things that my colleagues and I did a few years ago. So we were initially looking at how we were evaluated and we wanted to make sure that it aligned with what we were doing and following as far as the ASCA national model. And so getting with HR and also, the president of our teachers union and just putting our heads together and coming up with a tool that we felt best worked for us and what we do as a school counselor. And so as a result of that collaboration, we now have an evaluation tool specifically for school counselors that is geared
0: towards
1: or aligns with um, the ASCO national
0: model. That's awesome. Are there any other tools in particular that you use from the model or from ASCO or really anywhere that you use to communicate or help you communicate the role of the school counselor?
1: So definitely the annual admin conference, I kind of touched on that before, you know, having that conversation with our administrators. And so they're aware of what it is that we do. Your calendar, just having that available as well is important. In addition to the annual admin conference, one of the other documents that we share is the appropriate versus inappropriate um, duties for a school counselor. Um, So making sure that, again, everyone on staff understands what we do, but not only on staff, but higher-ups as well to understand our role as school counselors. Another important piece that... We share is just the do's and don'ts as a school counselor. And so just, again, making sure that not only are we aware of our responsibilities, but again, make sure that everybody else in the building and in the district understands what we do, or most importantly, what we don't do mm-hmm. as a school counselor.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm happy to link those documents in the show notes. Since we are referencing very specific documents and they are available, I'll go ahead and link them so everyone can take a look.
1: Yeah, great tools. Ask a national model It you can't go wrong following those documents.
0: How do you champion equity and or systemic change in your school or district?
1: Well, the thing about... My district and my school site, we are 97% of our student population comes from underrepresented communities. So equity is huge. And being able to create systemic change, it's a must. It's a must. The communities that we serve, what I've been finding or what I've found over the years is that there's still that stigma regarding mental health and Many of our Latino and African-American communities where our students come from. And so just, again, making myself visible to parents and guardians to help them to remove that stigma and to, again, just to build capacity, I guess is the word that I'm looking for, and to provide resources for the parents and guardians of students using resources from our local community community. Um, but also resources that address those specific needs. So whether it's a community resource specifically for, you know, our Latino or Spanish speaking community members or specifically for African American population, it's important. Another thing that I do as far as school wide to champion equity is providing tier one resources for my students. So again, going back to the ask a national model, you know, part of it is pushing into classrooms and doing lessons. So making sure that I'm in the classrooms and visible and giving that uh, those additional resources, whether it's an academic lesson on maybe calculating GPA and SEL lesson, do coping skills, for example, or how to manage your emotions, college and career lessons for students to help them not only better understand themselves, but to kind of navigate the water, see what else other careers are out there. (laughs) A lot of students in middle school will want to go be professional athletes, and that's fine. But I always tell the students, let's look at some other things, have some other options. And so, just being able to provide those lessons as well, discuss college and career opportunities, but not only that, tying in college and career, making sure that students see themselves in that. And so, one of the things that my colleagues and I here around the in the district put together an annual career fair, to where we invite our middle school students and community members in different careers to come and speak to our students about their career. So again, it ties in community. It also allows students to see people that look like them, because that's another huge piece. Making sure that students feel comfortable or providing that equity piece is making sure that students see themselves in these careers is important. Again, visibility with parents participating in different groups that we have here, parent groups. We offer, we call it APACS, or African American Parent Advisory Committee. So presenting during that, those meetings every month and giving parents, again, resources and information and championing our African American students during that time who were doing well, sharing data. But again, just showcasing those students acknowledging, you know, their work and what they're doing. And then you, I believe you also asked about equity at the district and systemic change. Yeah. So we have a radio show here in our school district. And so I've participated in that a few times. It's a Spanish speaking radio station. And so I've received a lot of parent contact emails, phone calls um, as a result of that. So again, letting parents know that the school counselors are available at the different school sites, but also what we do and how we can help them. And I think for parents to realize that I, myself, am from an underrepresented population, uh, being African-American and female. I come from a community very similar to the community that I teach in. And so I can relate. And so again, building that rapport with the parents is, it's important. And again, just visibility, speaking at different engagements, whether it's the superintendent's breakfast I was invited to a year or so ago. And that was important for me because the superintendents, they need to know what we do as well as a school counselor. So being able to speak to the different superintendents across the area in which I live, that was important for me. And just explaining to them, you know, how we can work together and what we do to help our students district-wide. So again, it just it comes back to visibility and building rapport, building those relationships to being able to have that, I guess, capacity, again, to be able to advocate for equity and create systemic change within the
0: district. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit, middle school, you're at the middle school level. And we know that this can be a very awkward time for students as they navigate the terrain Experience personal growth and build relationships. To address this need, you implemented two programs. Can you talk a little bit more about these programs? Yeah,
1: definitely. So, yeah, middle school, it's where I am. That's where I've been for the last 20 plus years of my time in education. I love it, but yes, it is definitely awkward (laughs) uh, for many students. So, one of the things One of the programs that was created uh, when we did become a full middle school is the web program. It's called Where Everybody Belongs. So initially, um, just to give you some background history, our school was an intermediate school. It was 7-8 only. And then a few years ago, we brought on the sixth graders. So now it's 6-7-8. And so one of the things that we were recognizing is that the sixth graders they were still kind of in that elementary school mindset so being able to put something in place to help them to help them transition to the middle school campus was important and so myself and my colleagues uh, we went to a training uh, web training and we were able to implement this program specifically for sixth graders so every summer myself and one of the teachers. We train a group of eighth graders over the summer and get them ready to become web leaders. And so their role during the school year is to first, they are in charge of sixth grade orientation. So we show them how to basically become, they work as peer counselors. You know, they help students with, they give them a tour of the campus. They help students they have questions about a class or questions about their grades. They can always go to that lead leader that they're assigned to throughout the year. And so these eighth graders do a phenomenal job. They said they're putting programs together and different activities together for the sixth graders and just again, making sure that they feel welcome. The other program is called Lunch Club This one started (laughs) back quite a few years ago. Initially, it started from, again, just being visible during lunch and realizing that there are some students who are not as social. You might see them at a lunch table reading a book, or you might see them off on the side. And so in speaking with the school psych at the time, we kind of put our heads together and we're like, well, let's create a safe space during lunchtime where these students could go to. And so we were able to get a classroom and we had board games, we had arts and crafts. So different things that students could do if they wanted to sit in there and read, they could do that as well. And then eventually it grew (laughs) and it grew. We had one uh, lunch club per lunch. And now, fast forward six, seven years later, we now have lunch club throughout campus. So there are teachers who have given, I don't say giving up their lunch time, but they're sharing in their lunch time with students. So they're providing, uh, students with, again, the arts and crafts. We have a teacher that does Dungeons and Dragons. We have a place where students can just go sit and read. And so just teachers have really really I'm gonna say stepped up but that's the word that comes to mind right now and just being able to give of their time and opening their classrooms during lunch periods during their lunch time to these students and so it's been very successful to where they're they're full (laughs) they're at capacity Um, and so it's it's been a great joy and the teachers are enjoying it as well so it's allowing the teachers to build additional connections with students they may not even have in their classroom. But, you know, again, it kind of circles back to that equity as well. It's just been a joy. It's been a joy to see that.
0: Those programs sound really great. And definitely sounds like a lot of those students are really finding a place to connect. And we always hear that it's so important for students to have at least one trusted adult. And it sounds like through collaboration you're making that happen with those programs. Yeah, when it may not have happened otherwise. Yeah, thank
1: you for that. It like I said, it's been a joy to see it just grow and expand and it's been fun.
0: Yeah. So, if you had to pick a theme song to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Oh,
1: that's a tough one. Over the years, I mean, music is one of those things. It's a it's a coping mechanism. It's a go-to for me. I, I love music. And so this is a tough one. So I know for me, the theme songs, but I mean, everybody goes through changes in their lives. And, and so I would say with where I am right now in my career and in life, my song, and I know this is a long intro into the, into that. I would say my thing song is Big by Pastor Mike Jr. And I say the reason for that is, is I listen to the lyrics for that. It really resonates with where I am, as I said right now. Um, a finalist for Ask a Counselor of the Year. That's crazy. I, I never would have even thought of that. A couple years ago, California School Counselor of the Year. I just again, that's mind blowing. And so with that song, like I said it just talks about how you have thoughts and dreams, and you see your life going one way, but there's bigger and better out there, and you you can't you can't put a limit, <laughs> you can't put a limit. And another reason that song resonates with me is because. It's something I always share with my students as well. We have our thoughts on what we wanna do, where we wanna be, maybe things aren't going so well at the moment, but to always look forward to another day and knowing that this is gonna pass, you know, and just to think big and dream big. And it can, it
0: can, it can happen.
1: (laughs) That's for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And typically, we end each episode with what inspires or motivates you.
1: Great question again. What's been inspiring me as of late is just seeing others who look like me, other African American women who are making groundbreaking strides in their field is a huge inspiration just where going with women in general and breaking the glass ceilings and becoming independent and just really flourishing um, is really inspirational. And also just going back to my students, I wouldn't be here in this position to even speak to you as a finalist if it was not for them and so they're my my biggest motivation my students and my nieces and nephews that are coming up behind me they're a great motivation
0: yes absolutely well thank you Keisha so much for joining us today and thank you all for listening. We hope to have you back on our next episode, but until then, be sure to check out our website schoolcounselor.org for school counselor resources. We'd also love to engage with you on all of our social media platforms. Find us on Facebook at the American School Counselor Association, Twitter at Askatweets, and Instagram at WeAreAska. Thanks and hear from you soon. I'm Jen Walsh, and this has been I Hear You Say, the podcast from the American School Counselor Association.